0: Welcome to Gray Story Podcast. We're here to connect you with education, resources, and community that equip you for the journey of restoration. My name's Nate Davison. I'm your host here at Gray Story Podcast. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Uh, this one where we're going to dive into a, a topic we haven't really covered uh, in the over 70 episodes we have so far. And that's what suffering looks like, especially through the lens of chronic illness. And for that, we have Karis Meyer uh, on the show today. Karis and her husband have four children, and they reside in Northern Virginia. She holds a BA in Christian education and a master's in counseling. She is a homemaker and spends her time writing, counseling, and engaging in women's ministry. Karis uh, has struggled with chronic illness for many years, and she's passionate about sharing how God leads her through this journey. Her heart is to walk alongside others in their suffering and seek God's comfort and hope in that process. When Karis is not writing, uh, you can find her enjoying the sun, taking walks, playing with her kids, watching soccer and reading, and she's on Grace Story Podcast today. Karis, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, you're you. I saw in your bio there you're a soccer fan, so you've probably been following the World Cup pretty closely, or, or are you too busy with the kids?
1: <laughs> well... My 12 year old is a soccer fanatic so he makes sure we stay stay up to what's going on with soccer um, so we have watched some of the games
0: so you're yeah. y- you grew up as a missionary kid so you've been overseas mm-hmm. a lot just as much in the United States so where do you land on the football versus soccer naming uh, <laughs> uh, where do you land on that
1: I think it should be called football. <laughs> That's what I would say, but you know, we got to go with what they give us. So, but I agree. I think it's, it should be football. It, it was football before it was American football. So
0: That's true. You know, uh, as, as an American, I feel the same way. It's got to be football or soccer because we already have football, but it makes more sense. <laughs> you're using your foot, but yes, but I digress. Yeah. Now with that, the, the MK side of things, being a, a missionaries kid, you've been around a lot. You've stopped a lot of places, lived a lot of places. How many places have you lived?
1: Oh, my goodness. I, I actually probably can't. I would have to sit down and, and think about that for a minute. This is the longest place we've ever lived somewhere between growing up and now. So my parents, know, missionaries, husbands in the military mm. um, moved around a lot. But we've been here in northern Virginia now for three and a half years, which is the longest place I've ever lived someplace, which is actually feeling really nice.
0: (laughs) Three and a half years. So as someone who lived in one spot for 28 years, that sounds like a, like a blip on the, that's a different style of living. Like Mm -hmm. how do you, what do you, what is the, probably the main difference between the way you've lived life and maybe someone who's been in the same spot for 28 years? Are the Mm -hmm. boxes just always there or you have a Duffel bag. Uh, and is it like camping? <laughs> what is that like being a, a, a nomad in the in this century? Uh,
1: yeah, you know, it's been really hard. Like i I did not really enjoy moving around a lot. I was very introverted as a kid, and so moving around was very challenging. Having to make new friends and kind of get to know everything over and over again. Um, so. I'm kind of surprised that I married someone who I knew was in the military, um, because I at that point, we didn't know where he was going to stay in for this long. But um, yeah, it is challenging. But, you know, I think we've just had to every time we move, we we try to just enter in fully into the community and to the neighborhood and to our church. Um, we have to really be flexible because, especially with the military, they can tell us, you know, you're going to be moving in two weeks and they've done that to us before. So it's, it's very, um, it's hard. It's, it, you kind of realize that you have to let go of your, your, your want to control things, which I think we all do to some extent and, um, and really and, and trust God. Cause I know he's sovereign even over where the military send sends us, but it's been good. I think, you know, I've learned how to relate to so many different people and to adjust, to make transition. And, you know, this world is not our home anyways, we're heading toward heaven. So I think in that way, it's kind of helped me not like get too rooted, too comfortable.
0: So, so do you have multiple, you say you you come into a community, you're looking for a church, do you have multiple church communities that you're like linked to, or how does that work and moving on after such a short time?
1: Yeah, so we, like I said, I I think we've really, um, we just dive in quite deep wherever we are. Sometimes that's been with with the military chapel, which is sometimes easier because everyone is in transition. Um, Sometimes it's been through organizations um, like the Navigators, where it's more of a parachurch organization. Sometimes it's a local church. Um, So yeah, we've, we've we've gotten to know a lot of people and seen a lot of different Christian communities over the years. And I mean, obviously we can't stay connected to everyone, but we do, we do stay connected to a lot of people. um, And that's a blessing.
0: Well, that's a lot of Christmas cards to send out. (laughs) Remembering all the addresses, quite the challenge. Speaking of challenges, um, we're having you on here to talk about something again, as I said in the intro, I don't think we've really addressed on this podcast. We've talked about pain. We've talked about grief. We've talked about suffering, but I don't think we've talked about it from the context of a chronic illness. And I think this is something that touches way more people than we even think. Um, Cause there's many, many different types of chronic illnesses. You even think of something that's just normalized like diabetes or something like that. That's this is a daily thing for people Um, And it's something you share about and something you share openly about. And so I'd ask maybe if we can just go back and give people a context, where does your story with chronic illness start?
1: Hmm. I started feeling, so I'd always been fairly healthy, very athletic, played soccer through college, never had any major health problems. Um, But on my honeymoon, I started (laughs) feeling sick, losing weight um, shortly after we so our first duty station was Alaska, and um, so after my honeymoon, uh, just trying to figure out what was going on, I started, you know, just having a lot of different issues and symptoms. And several months later, um, found out that I had um, some different kind of parasites that I had picked up mm. when I was visiting my sister, who was a missionary in Pakistan at the time. And so I went through a lot of different um, treatment. Um, to try to get rid of them. But it, the kind that I have were very persistent and can travel to different organs. And so um, it was just, it was in my husband at that time, shortly after we got married, deployed to Iraq. So um, I was in Alaska just trying to figure out the military and also struggling with this very difficult illness. So eventually got rid of the parasites. But after that, I, I never was able to really regain my strength. Um, I never, I just had a lot of problems with um, digestion, trying to, you know, eat regular food. Um, And from then on, it just kind of progressed from one thing to the next. I had a lot of problems with my pancreas, and kidneys, and eventually I had problems with my heart also. Um, So and actually in the beginning, the doctors said, you know, you're, you're, you are you will not be able to have kids, um, which obviously God worked otherwise in that situation. But um, yeah, ever, ever since then, it just, I, the doctors don't really understand why, but it just started affecting different parts of my body. And 17 years later, 17 plus years later, now today, I'm still dealing with different different issues that you know I don't, I don't know if that was the root or if it just kind of started a a chain effect but we do know the body is very complicated and it's um yeah so that's that's kind of where it started and the brief story.
0: So pull back the curtain for us a little bit on that because that's what is, what is Karis feel when you're in there the doc you're, you're going to someone who's you know supposed to be the person with all the answers and then you have a team that's supposed to have all the answers and no one no one knows why or what exactly, or they're trying to find out what's going on. And there's poking here, prodding there. Maybe we should do this test. And you're trying to figure out how invasive should we get to figure this out? What is risk versus reward here? What does that unknown process look like for Karis? How do you feel mm-hmm. through that? And how did that affect your faith in just that mm-hmm. part of your journey?
1: It's a big question. Um, I think it's it has been extremely difficult. I think the one of the hardest parts for me is knowing God is is able to heal and that He is sovereign over all things. And so, after so many years of praying and 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 being prayerful about the doctors too, you know, I've been very, um, I think, along the journey been very aware of wanting to to honor God through this, you know, and to to bring to bring the request to him, to look at to look to him first, you know, not to doctors first. But I know God can use doctors too in medicine. So it has been um I think it's it's been a very challenging because of what I know to be true about God. And then the realities sometimes in our lives don't always line up to what we expect God to do. Even if we feel like, oh, I have faith, God, that you could do this or that you could, um, you, you know, make, reveal to the doctor what's going on or, or put the right test, you know? So it's it has been very challenging. I think one thing I've had to learn um, is, you know, just that God does not, He doesn't owe us an explanation for why he does what he does. And obviously in the word, we see all over the place that God, you know, his ways are just so far beyond our, our understanding. Um, And so, and, and that's where faith, right? That's where faith comes in is, is, is trusting, okay, God, you know what you're doing, even though things seem completely chaotic and don't make sense. Um, cause I've had some, some procedures, you know, where the doctors are like, this is going to help. And it's actually made it worse. Um, and so things like that, you know, that are just like, huh, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Um, but I will say as far as the faith piece, you know, I, I have become, and I still am, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very desperate in a way that. I think is is a good desperation for God. I think I I feel my need for him so much every day. You know, I I don't know. I honestly don't know how I would survive if I didn't have the hope in God. If I didn't have the relationship, the life-giving, every morning waking up and saying, okay, God, I, I need to entrust my day to you because sometimes it just feels too hard. It feels too hard, especially caring for four kids now, which I believe are, are gifts from the Lord, but it's also adds a lot to my plate. And so, um, and, and I need, I need the strength from him. I need the feeling of the Holy Spirit every day to make it through the day. So it's, it's definitely created a um, a dependence and a need that I may not feel. If I wasn't going through this and, and I'm not saying that everyone needs like something horrible in their lives to turn to God, but, but I will say for me personally, I, I have seen it in one of the chapters in my book that I wrote is, is called finding intimacy with God. And I think it is often through affliction, through difficulty that we are able to really go to the deep places that God wants us to go to because because it, it's easy to turn other places or. Or to not realize how much we really do need God if we're feeling strong or if we're not facing the adversity, you know, in one way or the other. There's a lot of different, not not only chronic illness, but I think this world provides <laughs> lots of opportunity for us to see our need to God for God. So,
0: well, and you, you talk about that desperation, that need. It reminds me of of the the woman in the Bible, Bible with the issue in the crowd who reached out to touch mm-hmm. Christ's garment and. But but even in that, like that's where the similarity ends because she was healed, mm-hmm. um, and so maybe turning that to you, how do you reconcile a loving God in your in your you're strong in your faith? How do you reconcile a loving God with you're not being healed um, and you're mm-hmm. continuing in your suffering? And, and what have you learned through that?
1: Yeah, I you know there's a lot of people who a lot of people I even know personally who have turned away from God because they can't reconcile the suffering, the evil in the world with God. And so I don't, I think very early on, even in my struggle, something my pastor would often, would often, when I was a kid, actually, he would often say this, which I thought was kind of strange. He would say, you know, I pray every day that I'm going to That I that I keep trusting Jesus, that I keep having faith in Jesus, and I just think I just thought it was weird because I was like, well, I'm going to keep trusting Jesus forever, no matter what. But I think with the the struggle that I've endured, that's something that I have had to pray quite regularly too. Is like, God, help me, help me to keep trusting you, help me to keep the faith, even though this is too hard, even though I don't understand, even though I don't understand why it's you know why me? Like what have, you know, just so, so many questions, so many questions that I think a lot of people struggle with, and some people end up turning away um, because they can't, they don't have the answers, and I think that's where, um, that's where you know the <laughs> what what are we going to do with with that lack of of knowing, with the lack of. Um, assurance. And I think, you know, the, the presence of God is, is powerful. His love doesn't change no matter what is going on in our lives. Um, and that it, it, it takes, um, it takes a lot of uh, intimacy and, and, and being in God's presence to really feel that. I think I struggled a lot, especially I would say four or five years ago, when I was going through a very, very difficult time, where I had a new um, diagnosis with with neuropathy, where I started having numbness in my in my limbs, and it was just a very frightening time because I couldn't, um, I couldn't, I was, I became very weak, wasn't able to care for the children, and it affected my life a lot more than anything else I ever had, and so I, I really. I really came to a place where I needed, I was questioning God's love. Like, God, do you do you actually love me? Do you actually care about me? And I think, you know, in those moments of complete brokenness, uh, when God did show up and um, confirm his love for me in ways that only God can do, you know, I can't really explain. I think it's a, a, a an experience that that, you know, God in his grace allows us to, to have, but, um, I think it's, it's through those moments of him showing himself faithful of, of speaking through the word over and over and over again, that just built up has built up my faith, you know, and I, I'm not saying I still struggle. Like I still, there's still days <laughs> where I, the questions seem to outweigh, um, the goodness of his presence. Um, but, I, I do feel a lot stronger um, than I, than I have in the past. And I, I do feel um, like when I look back and I, and I see some of the things, you know, that I've written in the past. and I look at myself today, I'm like, okay, I, I do see God at work. And I can, I can see that, that he's, he's working through this for good, even though it doesn't always feel good.
0: Yeah. I love that honesty there because I, sometimes when I hear a glorious testimony of somebody and, and they say, you know, no doubts, no questions. I'm, I'm going (laughs) through, no turning around. I I was like, no, no questions, Mm -mm. none. That sounds like a disingenuous relationship with a dynamic being who has all the answers. What you, and you have no questions for him on a confusing journey uh, that you've never been on before. That doesn't sound, doesn't sound very authentic to me. And speaking of those people, um, around us, it seems like, and I'm just making this up, but it seems like it'd be easy in the beginning as you get a diagnosis, maybe a lot of support, but you mentioned 17 years. How does that support of friend's and what does it look like first of all? Um, and then how does that change over a, an acute illness versus a chronic illness? You know, something where somebody breaks a leg, let's sign the cast. And then what you're going through a decade almost two decades later, there's nothing to sign. Do we bring meals? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. How does that change for, for chronic illness?
1: I think it's a lot more. um, Yeah, it's, it's more challenging definitely with chronic illness. I've had more acute emergencies where i have been in the hospital for a few weeks at a time. um, And then people kind of rise up again. um, And, and that's, and that's a blessing. And I think um, we've embraced that. But I think there's also the the longevity kind of wears people out. And and also when it's something that's not quite clear, like the diagnosis isn't clear and people don't really understand. Um, and I don't blame anyone for not. It's it's confusing. The doctors don't even understand it and I don't always understand it. And so it's not like I'm, you know, judging anyone for not, but it's it's it can become yeah, it, people don't, don't always know how to help or what to ask. And so that's, that's challenging for me personally. In the beginning, I, for several years, I kind of kept everything um, kind of internal. I didn't, I didn't share with a lot of people what was going through. I'm more of a, like, I don't want to be a burden to other people. I didn't want to complain about it. So I just, I kind of kept it inward until several years into it, where I I had kind of a breaking point and then needed, felt like I, and it was actually a lot through the Psalms where mm. God revealed to me how it is good to, to share our pain first, for, foremost with God um, and, and learning how to relate to God in a more honest way. Because so I think I was really afraid to dishonor God to, um, yeah, to come across as, as, as complaining, um, and so I I I wanted to say the right things, you know, have the right prayers. But in in my in this time of really becoming very broken, it was really the Psalms that helped me uh, open up in a more raw and vulnerable way. First of all, with God, but then also with other people, which which was very humbling, but also very good because other people aren't going to be able to help unless you know, unless they know what's going on. And so I think, um, just finding the people, and I have, I have two sisters and a brother, um, and my parents too are very supportive. So, you know, whether it be their family or, 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 you know, church members, um, for me, it's finding a few, a few people who are, are, I know are going to be there, um, and sticking with them.
0: Well, it, as you're talking there, it makes me think about, you know, sometimes we can get into the comparing game too. kind of a sidebar here, but was there ever a time where you struggled with like, well, at least I'm not as bad as them or downplaying mm-hmm. your own suffering and not giving yourself the ability to be honest uh, with yourself, with God about, Hey, this, this just sucks. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and what is the importance maybe of understanding that your suffering you can be honest about it and be real, and like you don't have to diminish your own experience.
1: Yeah, I grew up, like I said, some overseas, and my parents were missionaries, so I, we were exposed to, you know, people who were in um, difficult situations. And so I think, especially for me too, I I would often think, well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not starving. I'm not in a third world world country where you know I don't have medical care. Or such things like that, and so yeah, I think there is um, the the tendency for us to look at other people and say, "Oh well, it's yeah, it's not that bad." Um, so, what right do I have to to say anything about this? But, but whatever you know, however you think about it, this the struggle is still going on internally. So, whether we say it, I mean, God knows, right? And um, it's going to come out one way or the other. Um, so yeah, being honest about it is definitely the best. Um, and being able to, to have a conversation with, with people who are, who care about you, I think is also hugely important just to, to share. Um, I mean, you know, like when my kids, like my, my, one of my daughters got a paper cut this morning, and she was like, so distraught. And every time anything's bleeding on her, she just falls apart, you know, and, but she still shares with me, you know, she's like, she, she's doesn't hold it back. And so I just think about her and I'm like, Oh, I love her so much. Like, I'm not going to say, Oh, it's just a paper cut, you know? Um, and I think that's how God is with us. He, he, he cares about the little things and he wants us to go to him. So. Uh,
0: and I know one of those uh, people say the, the best way to have your joy uh, removed is to start comparing. And I think that can be true also of suffering. If you compare your suffering with others, then you're like, well, I'm I'm nothing and you know I I'm suffering still, but that can steal your joy as well. Um, mm-hmm. as you've moved through this and you've had 17 years to glean resources, uh, and in your book now is one of those resources for others. We're gonna get to that in a moment. But what are some of those resources or people that you found most helpful along the way? Whether it's for your illness or parenting through an illness, uh, being a military spouse with an illness—I mean, there's so many different ways you could talk about this in your life experience. What are some of those resources that have been most helpful to you um, on this journey? That's a
1: good question. There are so there are so many. Um, I you know something that I have really um been strengthened with through the years is to read um biographies or autobiographies of different saints um across the years and and specifically maybe you know 50 100 years ago I think the perspective on suffering has changed quite a bit in our in our culture um over the last I don't know several years a couple decades maybe where it's it's, suffering is looked at and, and I don't know, try try to uh, like avoid it at all costs, you know, like, oh, it's horrible. Get out of it, which is, I think is a natural human tendency, but it's not, I mean, obviously in the Bible, there's a lot of verses that talk about, you know, the fact that we will have trouble, that there will be suffering and to not be surprised by it. And, and so um, some of the, you know, like Gladys, Gladys Allward um, or um, Elizabeth Elliot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's I mean there's several who I I've read like all of their books and and I've gleaned so much about how to yeah just how to walk in a way that is um, God glorifying, um, not magnifying the suffering, but how to magnify the Lord through it and how to keep him at the center, which I think is so important because when you are suffering, at least for me, it, it is very difficult to not make that um, an idol, even trying to get out of that suffering an idol um, and had to have that kind of consume your mind in, in, in everything in your life because you're so desperate. Um, so I think that's, that's definitely one thing. And then um, I've also, there are also so, so many good books. I really like Timothy Keller's book, Walking Through Duffering. That's one of the ones that I have read several times. It's very theological, very, I mean, I say theological, but it's also very practical, like both. So you kind of get both sides to it, but that's, that's one that I've, I would recommend to anyone um and then as far as <clears throat> I, there there's so many people who who are who are suffering silently and who don't share until someone else like opens up the way which i have seen so much in my journey you know for, from from my from me sharing it from a place of um vulnerability and then other people opening up also also to me and then having that just a uh, kind of a the the community but also the what's the word empathy and um a comp- companionship I guess I have a couple friends who who are also you know have suffered chronically for years and having a having a a group of people who who understand where you're at and being able to relate to them on a regular basis is, it's so life-giving because um, you don't, then you don't feel alone, you know, which is a, a lie. I think we, we can believe in our suffering is I'm alone and you know, nobody understands. So those are a few things.
0: So you, you, you've mentioned how important it is for you to hear the stories of others um, kind of stand on the shoulders of of those that have come before you, but you're also doing that for those that are coming after you through a book that you've written and you've entitled mm-hmm. that book "Suffering Redeemed." Where did mm-hmm. where did that title come from for you?
1: So I started a a blog um, a few years, three, maybe three or four years ago, um, called "Suffering Well," and that was um, kind of just out of a uh, a lot of writing that I had done. Over the years, just about how God was teaching me to walk this journey, um, and also kind of wanting to 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 share with other people and to build a, a community. Um, so as I was kind of praying about that, um, and just in reading the Bible about how many verses there are about how God redeems us and in different ways, there, there's a verse um, Psalm 103. Verse four that says, "Bless the Lord, who redeems your life from the pit, and who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy." <laughs> and I've always, I've always enjoyed that that whole chapter, Psalm one hundred three. But uh, so when I thought about that, like God redeeming our lives from the pit, that's kind of how I felt like my my life was in a pit, and yet he can he can bring redemption out of out of suffering, which. I don't, you know, so so many times it feels like the suffering is at least for something something like a chronic illness. It doesn't seem like there's any, um, like benefit or what. What's the what's the good part? So if you if you're if you're being persecuted for your faith, that seems like oh, that's a worthy cause to to be suffering. But if it's chronic illness or something that seems so meaningless, seamless, then um, you know, but, but, but we don't understand, you know, the, the, all the things behind the scenes and what God is doing through it. And so that's why I, I said suffering redeemed because God, I don't think he's going to waste anything in our lives when we offer to him. And that will be revealed one day. But that's that. So that's kind of how I came with the name.
0: Yeah. That you bring up that point of, Of It seems like a natural human tendency to always be looking for the purpose in something that costs us something. Like, okay, whether I've wanted to or not, I've paid the price for chronic illness. I've paid the price for this suffering here. So what's the purpose in it? And it's so hard to look down the line and be like, okay, or continually be guessing. We can drive ourselves crazy saying, okay, there's a reason for this. And it seems aggravating too when people come up to us and they try to tell us what that purpose is in the pain like they know or something like, well, God told you that. Uh, that's amazing because I haven't found the purpose in my pain just yet. Um, but yours seems to be being able to minister from your point of pain and touch other lives and and have others uh, have a safe place to communicate and be understood right where they are. And that is an amazing ministry in and of itself And I'd ask this, how has your life changed since you've wrote this book and other inspirational stories of others who've connected with you through your writings?
1: It has opened up a lot of opportunities. Um, Some, you know, for speaking at, you know, women's ministry events. Um, I've been asked to write some articles for some different um, publications, do some different podcasts. And of course, when when the book came out, then also just, a lot of people responding to me, um, and a lot of opportunity to, to pray for people or um, to just listen to people because it's amazing when people uh, have an opportunity to share how much they, they will open up um, when they have a listening ear. And so I, I did, I've taken a break from counseling when I started raising my kids. But I have been have opportunities through the years to, um, yeah, just I, I think the the experience that I've had is even more beneficial than all the years of of schooling because it's it's giving me such a, a deeper understanding for for what it looks like to go through something um, so difficult and just gain the understanding of, of, of complete brokenness. And, and so that's also, you know, I've had opportunities to do that just more in a, um, unprofessional way with, with people at church or family members. Um, I think, you know, the, the vulnerability. So when I wrote the book, I, I actually did not know most of the content. I, I did not realize was going to be a book, Um, about five years ago, God just put on my heart to start writing and I didn't, I didn't know what it was going to be for. Um, and so I was just, I just kept, you know, an ongoing kind of journal basically, and was writing what God was teaching me and different things. And the beginning of this, of this year is when I felt prompted to put it into a book. And so it was, it was very challenging to, to put myself out there, um, and because it's, you know, a lot of the, the struggles are very raw and very um, things that I'm still dealing with. So it's not like I can look back and be like, oh, that was then. I'm good now. And I've gotten through. I'm still I'm still in this. And um, so it's yeah, it's, it's humbling, but it's also uh, I can feel I, I see. I see God at work also, which is very, I don't know. It's just, I, I can see more of how God works now than I did, you know, maybe in the middle when it, it, when I didn't have the opportunity.
0: It, it, it sounds like a very unique, um, extremely vulnerable way to write a book. Um, it, it's kind of <laughs> Like uh, I have two sisters and man, I knew if I ever touched their journals, I was, they were older than me and bigger than me. I was going to get it, but you seem to have opened up your journal to the world. And also, you know, these things may change. You're, you're ongoing through this and understanding this may change, but it's your experience now. And you talk about the raw parts. It, it makes me want to ask this question of, were there any parts of the book that were hard to share or maybe almost didn't make it into the book? that you were like, Hey, no, I feel like I need to share this, uh, with those that are going to read, read this, this part, this chapter of my life.
1: There's a lot of it, honestly. Uh, but so there's, there's a couple different things that, um, you know, Christians have different viewpoints on. And one of them is healing and, and how and when, and if God heals. And I've had a lot of different people over the years share with me probably, I mean, sincerely, you know, or offer up, like you share a little bit earlier, explanations for, you know, have you tried this? Have you done this? You know, have you confessed all your sin? Have you, you know, just
0: That's a trying favorite. to be no, helpful. There must be hidden sin in the camp.
1: <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> do, you, do you have enough faith? and sure. thing You know, things like that. And so, and I've really, like, I've studied the scriptures so much about healing because it's so personal to me. I'm like, you know, so so just, so I, I have a few different, a um, few different topics like that, where I know some people have very strong opinions, and and some of the people I know have strong opinions on the other end, and so trying to, you know, I try to just look at it holistically and lay out the Bible for what it says and not make judgments on it, you know, um, as far as, like, the in-betweens that we don't understand yet, um, and one of that is just, yeah, just the tension of being being fully surrendered to God and his will and his sovereignty, but then also having faith that God can heal and that, you know, I believe God still, I mean, I've seen God heal today, um, but then just not understanding the why some people, why not some people, you know, and um, <clears throat> so I think, think more so it was just some of those topics that can be tricky and can bring division a lot in Christians. Um, and for me, I just, I think there's a lot of, uh, questions that, that remain unanswered that we have to live with. Um, and just trust God, I guess.
0: (laughs) Well, I see that in scripture too, because you know, it we we're we're at a, a place in our lives right now and we're trying to figure this out, find the purpose in the pain, or and like you said, why were they healed and not this person? But you can even go to scripture and you can look at the lifespan of the entirety of a person's lifespan and still come back with the same questions like, Why Paul with the thorn? Like, what was that thorn? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to the but like why not? I mean, he's a great man of God. Why was he not healed, or why was this person? You know, and you still, even with their whole lifespan in the scripture there to look at, you still come away with the same question of why him? Why not him? Uh, so I think, we, again, authentic relationship with God is going to have some questions like that. At least, you know, something uh, an inquisitive child. With, with your book, because um, it was well, you wrote it over the period of five years. Is that is that right? hmm. With with how many kids?
1: Well, we have four. So we have four now.
0: Yeah, that's actually kind of amazing that you were able to do it in just five years then. Um, with that over five years writing that book, what's maybe your favorite? Is there a favorite part of the book for you? The one that are like, hey, yeah, I, I really like how this comes across or this really hits home for me or I would direct you here your favorite part of what you've written. Mm-hmm.
1: There's a chapter, um, it's chapter six. It's called Peaceful Expectation. And I, I touched on it a little bit in the last answer, but just this tension, you know, that we feel um and between, you know, living, um living, and I also talk about like living in the already, not yet, the already of of you know, God, Jesus has come and but we're we're not yet in the fullness of God's kingdom. We, we you know we're still experiencing sin and death and sickness. And so how do we live in this tension, um, in a way that is filled with faith and expectation and hope, but also, um, living with, with humility and, um, just a surrendered heart to God's will. Um, and one of the stories that I just, I love, which I, I kind of draw out in this chapter is the, the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, you know, when they <clears throat> are given this you know, to command to bow down, and they don't. And so when they're told they're going to be thrown into the fire, of course, you know, it's, I know it's a it's a very well known story. But they 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 say, you know, God, He is able to deliver us. He will deliver us. But even if He doesn't deliver us, those three things, you know, like they they know they know God's able. They say He will. But but even if He doesn't, we're still going to trust God. And that's I just I love. I think that they're just, they just trust God with, with it. You know, they're like, so I think living with those three statements, even though they seem to be contradicting each other, but, but the tension of living with those three things um, and being able to say them and trust God with the result is, is such a beautiful picture of, of what we have to do with all of the questions and things that we don't understand.
0: I like that because that, You're right. It does sound contradictory. Like he will, but even if he doesn't, like it it sounds almost like a politician in a way, Mm -hmm. speaking out of both sides of your mouth, but you're right. It's it, to me, it sounds like you don't have to have it all figured out to trust God. Um, you just have to put in the work of trusting God, um, which, whew. Is a lot harder than it sounds. Um, Mm -hmm. I do. I have one more. We're coming to uh, the end here. We're running out of time. I I knew we wouldn't get to all the questions. I never do. I I put way more questions up. Um, I think we only got to like 30% of them here. Um, But before I ask you one more question, I do want to give you the opportunity to tell people where they can find out more about you, uh, where they can buy your book, and, and then we'll make sure those are in the show notes as well.
1: Sure. So, uh, my website is karismeyer.com. So it's my first and last name K A R I S M E I E R. And then, so you can find, you can get the book there. Um, I also have my blog there on my website and the book is also on Amazon.
0: All right. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. So if you're listening easy, uh, just scroll down, tap on that uh, as you're listening to the rest of this episode. Um, As we're coming to a close here, I do like to give the guests an opportunity to speak directly to the Grace Story community, those that are listening in. Um, And if there's something that's on your heart, something lately you've been thinking about, uh, something you wrote in the book that you want to highlight, just from Karis, uh, what would you say to those out there that have listened in, that have resonated with what you're saying? Some, a lot more than we think probably, are also going through chronic illness or some other type of... Long-standing suffering from your heart to them. What what would what would it be from Karis?
1: So my uh, word for this year was gratitude, and I I have benefited so much. Um, I think they've been doing a lot of studies actually on gratitude, and one of the things they have found, like the neuroscience people have found that. Gratitude and anxiety cannot coexist in the brain, um, which I think is so cool because God, you know, tells us to to be to be thankful always, and um, and it's it's something I think, especially in relation to suffering, can be difficult because it's honestly for me, it <laughs> being thankful it is difficult, especially when I feel um, just feels so bad and and, you know feeling um having a really hard day being in a lot of pain um it it feels you know where the the psalm that says you know offering up sacrifices of thanksgiving is something that i think about a lot because that's how it feels it's like a it's a sacrifice to be able to to thank god but i i just want to share that it is it is such a gift to be able to practice gratitude to be out to be able to to thank God for the many gifts that we have. Even if life is extremely difficult and there are so many hard things, we still have so much to be thankful for. Every one of us, just to be alive is a gift and a blessing. And we don't have to look very far to find um, the many blessings, especially as believers. I mean, there's so many promises that God has given us to live by that are they're so precious. And so I just, yeah, I just encourage all of us to continue to live lives of thanksgiving um, and to offer our bodies as sacrifices to the Lord.
0: I love that. That reminds me of uh, one of our guests, Maury Ostlin. She said, uh, as she became a new believer in Christ um, and was going to Bible college, she said, I wanted to know, I'd heard there were so many promises that God had for me. So I just wanted to dig in and find out all of them. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a great way to, to end if you're going through suffering and you need an actionable item today, um, mm-hmm. put your mind on gratitude and dig in and find all the promises that God has for you in his word, because there are many. All right. Well, Karis, uh, thank you for coming on Grace Story podcast. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing a little bit about you and your story and, uh, coming on and sharing with the Grace Story community today. Thanks. And for you, the listener, uh, we want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Thank you for listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts on that app, give us a five-star rating and drop a review. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow and hit that notification bell. So you never miss an episode. Like I say, every time there is no us without you. So get engaged, uh, go over to graystoryministries.com Find out all the resources there. Find us on YouTube, Grace Story Ministries. There's lots there. Continue on your journey of restoration. We'll see you in two weeks for another episode. And until then, we'll be praying for you on your journey of restoration.